We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Wire DFS podcast for Thursday, July 21st. As July just keeps slipping and slipping away, it's going to be August before you know it, and then all of a sudden, baseball season's going to be over. So let's treasure it while we have it. Uh, I'm your host, James Seltzer. We've got a, a nine game slate today, two day games. We're about to get into all that. But first and foremost, let me welcome in my co host, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Benny Ricciardi. What's up, brother? Mm-hmm. Not too much, man. Just uh, enjoying the fact that I had a pretty good night last night. That that Brewer stack paid off pretty well. Um, you know, I stayed on Pineda, even though a lot of people were trash talking him, and he put up a big game for me. So pretty happy overall. Yeah, I had the same thing. I rolled with Jeremy Hellickson in a, a fair amount of lineups on a gut call, and and was obviously very happy about that. And and before we dive in the game, super quick shout out to my Phillies. Uh, last night, yesterday, tweeting out stuff about advanced statistics, tweeting out, hey, if you want to understand XFIP, if you want to, like the Phillies as an organization, the team that used to be the least analytically inclined in all of sports uh, is going so far the other way with it. So big time shout out to my Phillies. Uh, I, I really, uh, that made me happy, Benny. Yeah, no, that's actually pretty cool. I I didn't see that yesterday. I have to go back and check it out. Yeah, right. I mean, the Phillies. It was really cool. Like, and they did it in a, in a cool way. Like tweeting out, like, you know, Aaron Nola has the fourth best xFIP since blah 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 after Kershaw, blah blah blah, whatever. And it's like, if you want to know more about xFIP, click here. It's like that's engaging in a way to try and uh, you know uh, teach people if they're interested in learning. And uh, I, I thought it was awesome. They of course got some of the twittiots out there, uh, you know, ripping them, who cares, and stuff like that. But um, it was nice. It did seem like not just the analytic community, but 
even most Phillies fans that I follow on Twitter and stuff were like, hey, you know, back off, dude. This is cool. We've wanted them to be involved in analytics in a long time for a long time. So uh, nice to see. Shout out to my Phillies. Shout out to whoever's running that social media account. Uh, all right, Benny, let's jump on in. We Like we said, we've got a nine-game slate today, uh, only two-day games. So, uh, you know, obviously I'm guessing most people will be playing that main slate, but if you are playing the early or the uh, – uh, all day, make sure to check those early lineups as we have a, a 12.05 start starting it off in Washington as the Dodgers are in town. The rookie Julio Urias against Steven Strasburg. There, Strasburg, the highest-priced pitcher on the board today. Uh, then the other day game, 105 start in New York as Benny's Yankees take on the Orioles' CC Sabathia taking on the uh, uh, keeps pitching well despite... My uh, surprise, Chris Tillman. Uh, that's going to be my moniker for him moving forward. Uh, mm -hmm. Then we move on to the main slate. We've got seven games on the main slate. Seven of five start in Philly, as the aforementioned uh, Philadelphia Phillies are hosting Miami, ending that four-game set. Tom Kohler taking on Jared Eichoff there. Another seven of five start in Pittsburgh, as the Milwaukee Brewers in town. Matt Garza taking on Francisco Liriano. It's a pitching matchup that... Three or four years ago, might have been really, really good. Now, less so. 7-10 uh, start in Boston as the knuckleballer Stephen Wright takes. They'll take it on the Twins and Tyler Duffy. Uh, as you'll see, not a ton of great pitching options on the board today. 7-15 uh, start in St. Louis is Adam Wainwright, who has really turned it around. Uh, and the Cardinals will host Andrew Kashner and the Padres. Kashner has not turned it around uh, but uh, has had some decent outings. 8-10 uh, start in Chicago at the Cell as James Shields and the Sox host Mike Pelfrey and the Tigers. Guessing we'll get some bats up there. 8-40 start in Colorado. We know we know we love Colorado. Chad Bett is taking on Mike Fultonavich and the Braves. I think I said that right. Uh, and then a 10-05 start to end the eve out in Oakland as uh, – Matt Moore and the Rays head in to take on Sonny Gray and the A's. All right, Ben, let's let's jump in, man. A, a lot of action to talk about. Nine games, we can get some some in depth here. We'll focus more on the main slate because those two early games are just kind of sitting in no man's land unless you're going to play that tiny early slate. But uh, let's run through them real quick. Uh, Dodgers in town for Washington. 12:05 start. Julio Urias, who uh, looked like was going to get sent back to minors, then gets the reprieve with the injuries. Uh, Kershaw being out longer. Alex would hurt all that um so he's gonna get another shot here uh strasburg 11-5 highest priced pitcher on the board are, are you rolling strasburg out at all or or are you kind of staying away from this one yeah i mean uh, you know again i'm probably not playing this slate this the small early slate but if i did i would definitely roll strasburg out i mean i've been rolling him out all season long i'm a big fan you know it, the guy's just really really good he can strike guys out he never really gets lit up anymore. You know, he's he's undefeated, I think, this season, too. Yeah. Isn't he like 13-0 and 0 or something? So, you know, I got no problem with him, which also means I wouldn't be looking at any of the Dodgers' bats, to be honest with you. Um, you know, Urias is a kid that has a little bit of strikeout upside. We know he's not pitching deep into games. They're not going to, you know, let him go out there and throw 110 pitches. <clears throat> Washington has a pretty solid lineup anyway, so I don't think it'll be an easy spot for him. But I'm not really looking at any bats on the, on the Washington side. If I was, I'd probably be looking at some of the righties against them. Uh, a guy like a Jason Worth, maybe, uh, you know, Wilson Ramos, uh, Trey Turner, if he's leading off, although Dusty Baker hates him and he bats like seventh or eighth all the time. 
you know, but like I said, I mean, the, you know, I'm not playing much on the early slate, but if you are, this looks to me more like a game you want pitching than hitting. Yeah, I, I agree. I definitely want Strasburg if I'm playing that early slate, which uh, I'm likely not. But I love that Washington offense, actually, against Urias. Um, obviously, Urias has, has shown the flashes, but uh, not enough consistency. Uh, Worth, I think, is a great call. 446 well, but 258 ISO against left-handed pitching. He's crushed mm-hmm. lefties and been heating up a little bit lately as well, uh, batting in that two slot. Uh, and then I agree with the, the righties in general, but one other lefty uh, bat that I'll throw out there is is Daniel Murphy, just because he's at 3,200. Um, and and I, I don't really get it because, you know, you would think, oh, is he slumping over his last 20 games? He's got a 468 Wobe and a 384 ISO. So, no, he's not. And yet he's 3,200. <laughs> he's like one of the five best offensive players in baseball this year. So it's really surprising. I think it whenever you see something like that, I know it's a lefty-lefty matchup, but He's been good against everybody, so I think at 3,200, you just kind of got to hop on that price, no, Benny? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the Mets are a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit upset. They would probably like him back. <laughs> yes, you think so? Yeah, yeah. dude, I mean, what, a, what? and obviously it's, it's interesting because you never really expect one of those, like, playoff runs to carry over and really, you know, change a guy, but... Uh, he's made some sort of adjustment or something because he's he looks like a different hitter. I, he's he really like saying he's one of the five off best offensive players in baseball this year is is not a joke. Like I think in offensive war he's third or something. So um, pretty impressive stuff. And at thirty two hundred, I think that's a good value. All right, Ben, let's get on to your squad. Those New York Yankees, CC Sabathia hosting Chris Tillman and the Orioles. Til- uh, or I said Orioles. You hear that? Look at that. Orioles. There we go. Not a cookie, a bird. All right, Ben. Um, Chris Tillman's been really good this year, uh, but obviously Yankee Stadium. How are you kind of feeling out this one? Again, obviously early slate not playing it too much, but if you were. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I'm i a little bit little bit afraid of CC Sabathia today. I think to keep in line with your uh, – you know, with your Freudian slip there, I think he's gonna get. <laughs> I think he's gonna get double stuffed here by oh! the Baltimore, the Baltimore lineup today. <laughs> now, I mean, the thing with CC is he's been struggling with right-handed bats. Although he's been a ton better against righties this year than he was last year. But you look at you look at the Baltimore lineup. I mean, Adam Jones, Jonathan Scope, Machado, Trumbo. You know, you're going to have, I mean, even waiters from the right side, J.J. Hardy, you're going to have five or six right-handed bats up there towards the top of the order against them. I don't think it's going to be an easy spot for him here, although he could rack up a couple strikeouts because, you know, like we talked about last time, Baltimore is one of those offenses that they have a lot of upside offensive explosion, but they also do have some games where they strike out nine or ten times. So, you know, Sabathia is very cheap. What is he, 65 today on FanDuel, I think? Um, that's like yeah, really, really 65. Yeah. That's like really, really cheap. So if you're trying to like maybe stack cores on the all day slate, <clears throat> you know, he's not a, he's not a horrible option that you can throw in there. And then on the other side with Tillman, you know, I, I agree with you. I mean, I don't think Tillman's a good pitcher. I don't understand why he's 8.8, even though he's had a pretty decent season so far, you know, left-handed bats, usually the way to go after him. The Yankees have a lot of lefties. I don't, I mean, you know, I'm a big Yankees fan, but I don't really love this lineup. I mean, Beltron's the best hitter they have from either side of the plate right now. I guess you can look at McCann as a lefty. He's pretty cheap. I think he's under 3K today. Uh, Ellsbury and Gardner at the top of the order. I mean, Gardner's like 4K, which makes no sense to me, and I don't think I can play him at that price. Ellsbury at 32, I guess, is a little bit better, but honestly, I mean, if you're playing the all-day slate, there's so many better options here that I'm not really looking at. 
you know, any of the bats on the Yankee side. And I do like, you know, the right-handers on the Baltimore side. Yeah, I agree. Uh, CeCe, it's a, it's a good price for an upside play in the sense that CeCe has had some really good outings but has struggled a lot more lately. And, and against that lineup in that stadium, I'd be scared. But uh, agree on the other side. Chris Tillman, I mean, I know he's been really good, but it's it's – feels like smoke and mirrors whenever i watch the guy pitch i mean he walks a lot of guys the whip is high um and like you said against lefties hasn't been great 327 wobo allowed 437 slugging um so the names you mentioned i also just just based on the price uh i like Didi gregorius i know he's hit lefties better but lefty versus righty there and has been awesome for the yankees like as far as it goes a 342 wobo 169 iso on the season for him i mean uh, you know, as a Yankees fan, that had to be more than you could have expected. Yeah, he's, to be honest with you, right now he's their second-best hitter after crazy. Beltron. How yeah, which is, is pretty – well, I mean, the fact that Beltron at 40 years old is yeah. the best hitter is crazy in its own right. But, yeah, yeah that's – you know, Didi has probably been the second most productive hitter on the team this year. Yep, and in that stadium for, for 2,700 on a day with a short slate and the, and really only a couple good high-end shortstop options, I think Gregorius makes a nice – semi-punch play uh, at shortstop there. All right, let's move on to the main slate. We'll give it a little more focus here. 7.05 start in the uh, sabermetrically inclined Philadelphia and Phillies. That was really <laughs> cool to say. Uh, our host in the Miami Marlins, Tom Kohler in town, taking on Jared Eikhoff. Um, on a day with a short slate, Eikhoff kind of seems like one of the best pitching options out there, but also um, not as cheap as you'd like to get him at, at 8100 which way are you leaning with both these guys and these offenses? Yeah, if Eikhoff was was the price that Kohler is at like 66, I, I would actually consider it. But at 8,000, I don't know if I'm going to go there. I don't really have a lot of bats on either side of this game because I don't really think either one of these offenses is all that great. I mean, you look at the Marlins side of it, you know, you want the lefties against Eikhoff. So Christian Yelich batting in the three-hole, but he's more a cash game play. You know, he did hit a home run the other day, but he, he's not usually somebody that has big upside. So I, I tend not to use him in tournaments all that often. The only other lefty is Dietrich, who's been batting in like the six hole lately. And he's really kind of cooled off. Uh, when he first took over for D. Gordon earlier in the year, he was putting up some pretty good numbers. But he's he's been like a lot of 0 for 3s and 1 for 4s lately. And, you know, just not getting it done from a fantasy perspective. If you want to go with the guys like, uh, you know, probably John Carlos Stanton, 355, but for him, obviously we know about the power. This guy is just an absolute beast. Um, you know, I guess that makes a little bit of sense. JT Real Muto leading off makes a little bit of sense. You know, I, I, I don't hate the Marlins lineup. I just don't think that they're, they're going to put up like a huge number today. And then over on the other side, you know, the only guy that I would really want to use – you want lefties going up against Kohler. So the only lefty that I really like on the Philly team is Odubel Herrera. If he's in there and he's leading off, he's somebody I'd consider. But, you know, I mean, I'm not huge on Franco and righty on righty, Cameron Rupp, you know, Tommy Joseph. I prefer all those guys against lefties, to be honest. I agree, but Tommy Joseph at 2500 is just outrageously underpriced. Uh, you know, he has yeah. still got a 256 ISO against right-handed pitching. He's not been a bum. He hasn't hit for nearly the high average that he has against lefties. Um, but he can still hit for power, and for 2500 on a day with a short slate against a crappy pitcher like Tom Kohler, honestly, I, I'm rolling Tommy Joseph out. I mean, that price is so cheap comparative to, to what else is out there. 
Um, so I actually really like Joseph. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just look at his last 10 games, 651 Woba, 586 ISO in his last 10 games. Yeah, and, five, and, and like five or six home runs. Yeah, too. and obviously not all against left-handed pitching there. So uh, I agree that you generally like those guys. And even Franco at 31, I mean, I believe he's 31. It's, it's, it's still, the price points are, are good enough for me where I'm going to take some risks on those guys. I think he might even be lower. Franco might even be at 29. Um, I'm looking up as we speak. Um, Franco at 20, 29. You know, so I mean, like, I agree with you. It's not the best matchups, but on a day with a you know seven games on this slate here, um, I, I kind of like those prices for some upside value against a bad pitcher. Um, and, and I agree on the other side. Again, pricing wise, I like a guy like Stan at thirty three hundred, but Eikhoff's been tough on righties. And uh, I, I, you know, again with Eikhoff, like I again, like you said, even if he were seventy five hundred or seventy three hundred, I, I would like him. But what, as soon as you cross over that eight, you know, eight number. Uh, I started to shy off a little bit, and I, I'd feel a lot riskier putting mm-hmm. him in the lineup there. All right, Ben, 7.05 start as well in Pittsburgh as we head in Milwaukee in town. Matt Garza taking on Francisco Liriano, and Liriano is like that that Jekyll and Hyde guy. It's been more Hyde. Hyde's the worst one, right? Whatever. The, the, yes. Yeah, okay, good. It's been more Hyde than Jekyll this season, but um, obviously has also you know had a good year last year and shown that he can be uh, high-end. How do you kind of uh, – playing this one here with obviously Garza not the best but two lineups that are you know mediocre. yeah I actually like the bats on both sides of this you know we we talked about it a little bit yesterday I love playing the Brewers against left-handed pitching you know the top of that order it makes for a real nice stack and all those guys hit left-handed pitching well you got uh Villar and you know Braun's got over a 400 Woba 250 ISO score against lefties uh, you know, Jonathan Villar has got over a 365 Woba against left-handed pitching. Uh, Hernan Perez is actually not bad sliding into the spot that, you know, Aaron Hill used to hit in in the two-hole before they traded him away. And then you got Luke Roy and Carter, two more big right-handed bats to go up against lefties. They put up a big number last night. I played this team against lefties all season long, and they've been making me money. So I'm probably going to have a, a nice little stack of, you know, four of those five guys somewhere on my uh, on my FanDuel teams tonight. I may even have them mixed up a little bit, you know, don't take Perez on one, take Carter, maybe leave, you know, Luke Roy off of one if I find another catcher or something. But I like the top five in the order on that side. And then Matt Garza is just not a good pitcher at this stage of his career. So I think you can look at the Pittsburgh bats too. I have a feeling that this is going to be like a, you know, 6-5, eight seven kind of game so i think you can stack it up stack up the game on both sides and you know take a lot of bats garza <clears throat> garza really can't get anybody out at this point so anyone in the middle of that lineup that you want if you want to go with the lefty jaso leading off polanco you know mccutcheon Marte, you know david freeze has been hitting well lately francisco cervelli's back you know this pittsburgh lineup got healthy all of a sudden and uh you know remember the beginning of the year they they were pounding out runs so I have no problem stacking up either side of this game. I think both of these offenses are going to put up a good show. I feel really similarly. I like Milwaukee's offense better, even though I, I think it's more likely that Liriano pitches better than Garza. Um, but I, I, like you said, I just love this Brewers offense against lefties. Chris Carter at 3,400 is one of my favorite plays of the day when you look at you know how many guys are above him. He's like the, what, sixth highest first base on the board against the lefty. Um, that that's upside right there. And um, outside of that, I really have nothing to add. I, I agree 100% with what you said. Uh, 7 10 start in Boston as uh, they host the Minnesota Twins. Tyler Duffy taking on Stephen Wright. And of course, 
the three home run man, Hanley Ramirez, will be playing in this game. Benny, uh, did you have Hanley in, Hanley in any lineups last night? And, and what are you doing with this game here? Not only did I not have Hanley in any lineups last night, but I actually have him in season long, and he was on my bench because no. I have I, I have Chris Carter too, and I put Carter against the lefty in there, and I gave oh, Hanley the so night off. Bad for yeah. you because that's like so. the double. You know, screw job. Like, well, technically, you know, technically it's, 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 it's triple, crappy it's enough when you're screw job because yeah. you had three home runs. Yeah. So, uh, see, so you there know. you go. I meant in the sense of like you get screwed in daily and you get screwed in season long. That's rough, yeah. man. That's rough. So, but I mean, you know, here's the way I look at this. Actually, it's a small slate here. So let me ask you a question because this guy drives me nuts. I haven't really been playing Stephen Wright, and it's it's really has come back and bit me in the butt this year because he's he's just keeps putting up good games. Now I'm not really looking at any of the Minnesota bats because let's face it, I mean he hasn't really been getting lit up at all this season, so I have no faith in Minnesota going out there and putting up a big crooked number against Wright. But do you think Wright's in play today? Like I never play this guy. I, I don't know if it's my like anti knuckleball stance or what it, what it is. But I just I guess when I look at the numbers, he doesn't look like a guy that makes sense to me to roll out there. But he just keeps getting it done. I don't know. Yeah, here's the thing, and you're right. I mean, he just keeps getting. You look at his numbers. Um, granted, he was better. Like, all right, so let's go since you know his his last ten Fanduel numbers. Okay, so he's got a 54, 36, 52, 37, 45. Amazing. Then 17, 24, 36, 33. So still really good, but it does seem like he is. Started regressing a little bit, but um, he, the way I've kind of played it, and I've had him in a few lineups here and there over the course of the season, but I, I think that what you were saying is the way that I've kind of played it in the sense of his price is usually too high for me in the, in the uh -huh. sense that with a knuckleballer, like all you need is, is one you know fingernail to be off or this or that or whatever, and like all of a sudden like it's, it's a very hittable pitch. Right. Um, or the weather, or whatever. There's just so much risk. So for DFS, that scares me. If I had him in a season long, I'd just throw him in and forget about it. Uh -huh. um, but I, I think I do generally shy away. What I do to combat that is, like you said, I'm probably just going to, for the most part, avoid the guys he's going up against. Yeah, and you know what? I forgot to mention it, but I'm not a big Tyler Duffy fan, so you can play all the Red Sox yes. here again. Yes, it, let's it's just, just say that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a good offense, you know. David Ortiz absolutely has owned right-handed pitching all season long. You know, I think since the start of 2015, we're looking at a guy with like a 435 Woba and a 350 ISO against right-handed pitching. Is that good? Oh, it's <laughs> I, yeah. For those of you who aren't big on the analytics numbers, like it's both really of those good. numbers are absurd. It's like that might it's like, be. It's like video game. Yeah, like it puts him as one of like the top four or five hitters in the entire league against any handedness yeah. of batter. Especially it's like, that you know, ISO. I mean, you're not like yeah. over a year to have a mid threes ISO is. Yeah, it's just, it's it's just insane. So you know you gotta love Ortiz. I, I mean, even the righties though, like Mookie Betts leading off hits right-handed pitching well. Pedroia and Bogarts are just professional hitters. They you know they just pound out the singles and get on base all the time. And then you got Ortiz and Hanley and Jackie Bradley Jr. and Shaw behind them. And honestly, the best hitter on the Red Sox for the last month and a half has been Sandy Leone at this point. So, you know, you got you to gotta consider him as well as a catcher option. This guy just keeps putting up big game after big game for a cheap price. Yeah, he tripled and homered again last night. It's it's insane, this guy. And he's batting the eight hole and every he just keeps killing it. Uh, he's hitting... 
what is it like 450 over yeah. the last 30 days no, or something like that he's like, betting like 430 period like all yeah. in the season you know it's like granted not not a ton of at bats but yeah he's been awesome and has not slowed down whatsoever and um better against lefties so not a perfect matchup but duffy is just is so hittable uh, i agree with you i like all the red sox bats especially what you were talking about i mean Travis Shaw, get him in your lineup. JBJ, get him in your lineup. Those guys both crush righties. Um, so 100% yeah, and, agree. And you, you know what? Those guys towards the bottom of the order, you know, if you're worried about the fact that the Red Sox are going to be highly owned, like that's how you get yourself yes. a little bit of differentiation. You Great look point, at, Benny. you know, most people are going to just stack the top four. So they're yes. going to go, all right, I'm going to put Betts, Pedroia, you know, Bogarts, and then, you know, like last night was a great example. You know, David Ortiz was in an amazing spot, and a lot of people had David Ortiz. But how did you win last night? Like we talked about at the beginning. If you were the guy that said, well, instead of playing Ortiz, I'm going to play Hanley, you know? Yep. Guess what? You probably won a boatload of money last night with the three home runs he hit. So, yes. you know, when you're playing in tournaments, sometimes you got to – in cash games, yeah, you put Ortiz in and you, and you play the guys that make the most sense. But – in a tournament, you want to be a little bit different than everybody else. So, you know, Hanley would be a way to do that. And, you know, like you were saying, guys like Sean Bradley Jr. at the bottom of the lineup, it's something that not everybody else is doing. And we've seen Bradley Jr. and Shaw have some big games as well. So that could be the difference that, uh, you know, wins you some money. Yeah, and especially Hanley at 2,900. I mean, it's like after last night with the matchup, you almost feel like you just have to put him in your lineup. <laughs> you know, it's like... See, I think, I think tonight, though, you're going to get really high ownership. Yeah, well, that's like, the problem. You're right, like, you're right. Everyone's going to chase that triple down. point. You know, it's probably better to go with a pivot tonight. That's a great point. But, um, you know, it's just me FOMOing that I uh, that I – the missing of last night. It's just such yeah. a bummer. All right, Benny, before we move on, four games left on the slate – let me remind everyone that MLB season is in full swing, and that means that Daily Fantasy Baseball is back. Go to FanDuel.com. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1. Anyone can play, and if you put Anley Ramirez in your lineup and he hits three home runs, <laughs> you're probably going to win a bunch of money. That's what's cool about it is you can play different guys, different days, and, and you know, you, you're never stuck to the same team, to the same guys, to the, you know, that, that season-long team where there's that guy that you just hate because he keeps every night it's just disappointing this and that you don't have to look at those guys in this league in FanDuel you just say all right you're out I'm getting someone new the next day and that's the beauty of it and that's why you can join over 1 million other users who've already won money it's never too late to join just come play with me and Benny over at FanDuel.com go to FanDuel.com and click the microphone in the upper right hand corner to use my code RWPOD to sign up now that's RWPOD Special offer for new users. Get a free six-month RotoWire subscription for a $25 deposit. You must sign up with my code RWPOD. That's over $60 in value for just $25. Again, don't forget to use my code RWPOD over at FanDuel.com where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel, F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. All right, Benny, four games left on the state slate. Excuse me there. I'm getting excited. Uh, 7-15 start, uh, which features my favorite pitcher of the day. Uh, as San Diego's in town, Andrew Kashner, not my favorite pitcher, taking on Adam Wainwright, who has been uh, terrific uh, of late. Uh, Benny, are you with me? Do you like Wainwright in this spot? 
Yeah, you scared me there when you started with Pastor. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know how to follow up if he's going to try to make an argument for I Pastor. I had a today. feeling. I was trying to elude that it was potential, yeah. and then absolutely no, not. In I, fact, Pastor might be my least favorite of the day. So Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, I do like Wainwright. Wainwright actually, I, I got to double check, but I think he actually has the lowest uh, run total expected against today. It's only like three and a half, not even three and a half, 3.3 runs expected for the Padres today. So I think Wainwright's in a good spot. He's been pitching a lot better. We know that the San Diego team, very right-handed. They struggle with, uh, you know, right-handed pitchers. The only lefties they have to throw out at them, uh, Travis Jankowski at the top of the order, who I don't really like him as a hitter, but anytime he gets on base, he can steal. So if you want to go against Wainwright, he would be a guy to look at. Uh, Ryan Shrimp, you know, the, the young kid, the lefty that they brought up, had another home run yesterday. He's been hitting pretty well. And then Salarte is the only other lefty that they have. And you know, none of those guys are really putting a ton of fear into me. So I don't mind Wainwright at all. And then Kashner is not a very good pitcher. Uh, you know, lefties is normally the way to attack them. We don't have a lot of lefties on this um, St. Louis team right now. You know, Matt Adams is a guy that I think I would take a look at in the middle of the order right there. But, you know, St. Louis does hit right-handed pitching really well. Gearchuk hits righties. Piscotty hits righties. Holiday hits righties. Molina hits righties. You know, Jed Jorko better against lefties, but he can hit righties too. So, you know, I, I don't really think I'm going to have a lot of exposure to the St. Louis offense. I think Wainwright is probably the one guy that I take in this whole game. Uh, I agree on the Wainwright, and I, I, but I'm going to have a few St. Louis guys in there too, though none are super exciting. But um, just to, to pound home the Wainwright thing, uh, since June 1st, 2-3 ERA, 102 whip, 24.2 K rate. Um, and he has been even better. It's only a run in his last three starts over 23 innings. And um, like you mentioned, the Padres with the second worst Woba in baseball against right-handed pitching. So uh, just everything sets up really nicely there for Wainwright, especially at 9,200 where, um, you know, if you were playing an all-day slate, just compare him to the top guy on the board. I mean, him being $2,300 cheaper than Strasburg, as much as I love Strasburg, with this matchup is outrageous. So... Um, really do like the value there, but I do like a couple Cardinals hitters a little bit just based on the pricing. Like, I think Yadier at twenty seven hundred is a decent play today. Um, he's getting hot four thirty three over the last seven games at four thirty three Woba, a couple of homers over the last week. And Kashner's actually been really bad against righties this year three ninety five Woba allowed, but um, it's more of a price thing at twenty seven hundred and not liking the rest of the crop at catcher. Uh, and then Grichik, if he's leading off again, he's he's hit both righties and lefties well, especially righties actually, uh, since returning a 455 Woba, 395 ISO since coming back from the minors. So mm -hmm. um, a couple of names, but I agree, there's no one jumping off the board there. Uh, all right, uh, I'm guessing we need to get at least a few hitters in this game uh, with these two pitchers pitching, as we've got Detroit in Chicago, Mike Pelfrey taking on the uh, uh, for a little bit worse pitcher in baseball, and seems to have gotten back to just being mediocre to bad James Shields. <laughs> Are you getting some bats in, Ben? Yeah, I mean, the next two games we talk about, I, you know, there's really not a bat in either one of these two lineups that I would argue with anybody using. So, you know, Pelfrey, we know he's been one of the, you know, one of the worst pitchers in the majors. The thing that kind of saves Pelfrey and why I'm a little bit more off of the Chicago White Sox is he's a he gets a lot of ground balls, doesn't give up a ton of home runs. And as a righty, you look at it at that Chicago White Sox lineup. I mean, you know, the lefties that you would attack them with, maybe Adam Eaton, Abreu is good in righty on righty spots. You know, but other than that, there's not a lot in this lineup that, that really excites me. So, 
I'm more on the Tigers bats than I am on the White Sox bats. Now, again, Shields is another guy that left-handed bats do a lot better against. So Victor Martinez is probably the best bet at 3,500 there. Um, you know, if you get like a, a Stephen Moya in the lineup towards the bottom there as some cheap power. You know, but again, both of these guys are really bad pitchers. Both of them are capable of giving up five or six runs here. Um, I think Shields is a little more home run prone, so you might get a little more fantasy upside out of it. But like I said, if you're putting guys from either one of these teams in your lineup today, other than the pitchers, you have my blessing. Yeah, nothing to add. I'll, I'll just throw one more name. Melky uh, Cabrera at 2600 yeah, uh, Such a cheap price, and he's super hot, and uh, lefties have, have plagued Mike Pelfrey this season and Melky a switch hitter. So um, just a really good price there for me as well. All right, Ben, uh, moving on, like you said, that next game where you're getting hitters in, Mike Fultonavich and the Braves in town to take on Chad Bettis and the Rockies. This just seems like go, right? Yeah, I, you know, looking at – Let's start with the Rockies side. I mean, Fulte is a guy who has always struggled with lefties. He was really bad against them last year. He was a little bit better against them this year, but still not good overall. Like, still, you know, still well below league average against them. So guys like Charlie Blackman, guys like uh, Carlos Gonzalez, definitely in play. You know, Arenado is somebody who actually does better in righty-on-righty spots. You know, Fulte's tougher on the righties, but Arenado's just such a solid hitter. I think he's in play as well. So I like the big three bats over there on uh, on the Rockies. And then, honestly, this Atlanta team, they're very left-handed, so they actually hit right-handed pitching pretty well. And in Coors Field, I don't think you can sleep on them. You're getting some of these guys. Yes, the prices are bumped up a little bit for the Braves, but they're still cheap for the opposing team in course. So, you know, guys like Jace Peterson and Ciarte up at the top of the order, you know, uh, Freddie Freeman I like. I mean, the no power, you know, cleanup hitter and Nick Markakis, you can throw him in there. Um, you know, Tyler Flowers has been hurt, so you've been getting a lot of A.J. Pruszynski in there. You know, any of these left-handed bats I think are good. I probably wouldn't use many of the righties. You know, you got enough solid lefties that should be up towards the top of the order that if you wanted to stack up the Braves. And again, I like stacking up the road team in Coors Field because you know they're going to get their full nine at-bats, their full 27 outs no matter what. So if you're taking the guys up at the top of this order, you're very likely to get four or five at-bats out of them. Yeah, and it's a great sneaky way, especially when it's a team like the Braves who have been so bad offensively. Um, It's a nice sneaky way because a lot of people, myself included, Blanch when I see Nick Markakis, Nick Markakis for like three plus or whatever it is. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You see these prices that are cores inflated and um, it, you know it throws you off. So it sometimes I feel like you get a little bit lower ownership on the away teams than you normally would when they're these awful lineups. Um, but yet, like you said, you know, you or I could hit a fly ball in Coors Field and it'll carry out. So um, certainly worth it, especially in some GPPs to take those kinds of risks. All right, Benny, 10.05 rounds out the night in Oakland as Matt Moore and the Rays in town taking on Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray, man, just can't seem to put it all together this season uh, with injuries and just struggles. Um you know, what, what do you think about this one? Two pitchers who have, have both shown good and really bad. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not really using either one of the pitchers here. Moore is a little bit too erratic for me. And my problem with Sonny Gray, and it was a problem I had with him last year, even when he was good, he doesn't really have huge strikeout upside. So if you're getting him cheap, I don't mind it if he's like in the, you know, 6K range. But 
if you, you got to pay up for somebody, the strikeouts are so important to the fantasy score. And he's just not a – it's not that he can't strike people out, but he's not a high high upside strikeout guy. So unless he throws like a, you know, a, you know, a shutout kind of deal, he's eventually going to give up a couple runs. And if he doesn't have the high strikeouts to offset it, it, it usually really affects his score. So I'm not really on either one of these um, pitchers. Although, to be honest, Tampa Bay doesn't really hit right-handed pitching all that great. I don't really like any of the lefties on Tampa. I mean, do you use Logan Morrison? Do you use Brad Miller? Do you use, you know, Corey, Corey Dickerson, Dickerson is probably the best one, but, you know, even him is a little a little shady. He only hits in cores, Benny. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much You know what? That's true because he did actually just have a really it's good so series. It's so funny, right, because, like, yeah. that was the knock on him and the numbers supported yeah. it, but you're like, oh, maybe. And then he, like, you know, he just has him the same. He goes back to cores and, and kills it. It's just Yeah, it's really three funny. for four and home runs yeah. and triples and everything else. You know, on, on this Oakland team, though, there's a couple interesting bats. I mean, you got a left-hander on the mound for Tampa Bay. Danny Valencia has owned left-handed pitching his entire career. I mean, that's basically what got him to the major leagues. So he's only 2.8K. Yes, on that was today. my one play, man. That was the yeah. only one I was going to say. I got nothing else for this game that I care about except Danny Valencia. It, it, and he slumped a little, and that's why he's at 2,800. He's had a great season for them. But... The price is so low where it's literally – I don't care who the lefty is. It could be Clayton Kershaw, and at 2,800, Valencia is worth the risk. Like just yeah. – I mean, he's got a 440 Woba and a 271 ISO against lefties. I mean, yeah, this kills, guy crushes them. And, yeah. and Matt Moore far from Clayton Kershaw, even our yeah. Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, the, the, you know, the only other guy I'm looking at too, sometimes and, and usually against a lefty, you find Marcus Simeon up in like the two or the three hole in this order. Um, I'd really like that. If they're moving Semyon up in the order, the problem I have here, 3500 is a little bit pricey. But for tournaments, I think that's okay because I think it's going to keep his ownership way, way down there. So he's the other guy that I think I'd look at against the lefty. But, you know, outside of that, I mean, there's not much else there. You know, Chris Davis, you actually like more against righties. Uh, yeah. Righty on righty. Too is bad, too, because the 2800 is a good price yeah, for him. That's, but I mean, if you wanted to put together... It, right? You know, I mean, at that price, it's not an awful idea to throw him in a stack there. Yeah, you can, you know, like I said, you can include a couple of these guys. Like, Semyon's the only one that's really expensive at 3500 but Valencia at 28 Davis at 28 You know, I probably wouldn't go much further than that because you're not really getting enough pop out of guys like Crisp and Lowry to, you know, to really throw them into too many lineups here. All right, that's going to do it for the Thursday, July 21st edition of the MLB Rotowire DFS podcast. Uh, uh, fun time, man. I mean, Benny, it doesn't matter whether we have uh, 16 games to break down or nine. We are always going to talk for as long as we possibly can. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's how I love we roll. It. It's fun, man. <laughs> it's fun. I hope everyone else likes it as well and hope we can help you out a little bit as a, a big day of baseball. Try and take advantage of this light slate and take advantage of some of those values out there and uh again good luck we will be back tomorrow on uh benny and i will be back with you together next wednesday as always so uh for everyone good luck go out win some money they're gonna kill the love of my life Daisy! if i don't go back to what i was doing this friday our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless how far would you go for love you steal truck bring it to me then you make your money is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13.